Jim Britt and Jim Lutz had a vision, and the Change Book series was developed. Welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your host, Work-Life Balance Specialist, Deb Crow. Join Deb weekly where she interviews the top co-authors from all over the globe who share their insights into self-empowerment with life-enhancing realizations that will touch every area of your life. We're live every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 1.30 Eastern Standard Time. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and I'm throwing you all for a loop this week because it's Thursday, January the 7th, and I'm actually back re-recording a show that we attempted to do live on December 30th, and it was quite funny because uh, my first guest, Peggy Sealfon, is a specialist in stress and anxiety, and she was texting me, and we didn't have sound, and, and she was making sure I wasn't full of stress and having anxiety and I was sitting at my desk laughing thinking okay universe what are you teaching me today so fast forward a week and we're back and I did not want the listeners and the other co-authors of our amazing global community to miss these two dynamic amazing super talented women that I have on the show today so we're going to start with Peggy Sealfen, and I would love to just give you a bit of background, and then let's just dive in and have a wonderful conversation. I'm really excited to interview Peggy. So Peggy is a personal development coach. She is an author of two books, including The Change. She's a motivational speaker, and she's a foremost expert on stress and anxiety. Her integrated life personal coaching system is a customized fast-track approach to awaken personal balance, ignite the inner source of empowerment, and supercharge your life. And Peggy has authored an amazing book called Escape from Anxiety, which we're going to talk about. So Peggy, welcome to the show. We're finally together. I can't believe it, Deb. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you, and I totally applaud you with doing this program and all of the great shows you've already done. I've been listening to them, and what a tribute to Jim Lutz and Jim Brick. So thank you, thank you. Well, I, I thought I'd start off with a joke because you and I were texting and I was giggling last week, and, and I, I really thought about it over the course of the week, and I just think the universe needed to start 2016 with both you and Dr. Butler. I don't think you were meant to share your wisdom and your knowledge and your talents and your passion at the end of the year. I think that it was uh, highly highly noted that we were to launch it in 2016. So so let's do that together. Are you ready? I am absolutely ready. And what a beautiful concept. I love that, that we're looking forward and we're starting a new year. Fabulous. Well, if we can't laugh at technology, I mean, 99% of the time, it works beautifully for us. So to get upset or displaced over the 1%, I just, I just have to giggle. Well, and I always tell people you cannot control external circumstances. You can only control your response to them. So bravo That's that right. you were able to relax with it and see it as a joke. <laughs> and sometimes the universe does play jokes on us, and when we can laugh at them, that's when we realize we're we're really developing, we're growing and evolving. So that exactly. was a good for all of us. 
So I know that uh, you are in book nine, hot off the press. I saw some selfies this morning in the Facebook group of yourself and Wendy Nagel and some of the other book nine authors. So I want to ask you, because you're relatively new to our community, and I, I hope you feel that we've embraced you with love and excitement. With this powerful growing community that Jim Britt and Jim Lutz has developed, Tell the listeners what excites you about that. Well, I'll, you know, I'll be honest, okay? When um, Jim Britt first approached me, I talked to both Jim Britt and Jim Lutz, and I had really just um, released my book, and I was doing radio and TV, and I was really busy, and I turned it down. I said, no, I can't do this. And a month later, Jim Britt contacted me again, and I started thinking about how important it is to really continue to walk the walk, and I really believe in the change and helping people really motivate them and, and encourage them and give them, you know, tools for their toolboxes. And I felt that having this collaborative effort um, global was really something I needed to be part of because it's what I'm doing. And I love that we are such an international community. and Many of us approach, you know, we have different skills that we provide, but at the end of the day, they're all incredibly uplifting. Um, they all work. And I love really embracing that and being part of that. And, yes, to answer your original question, I do feel very embraced by the community, and I'm excited in meeting everyone. I've just begun to meet some of the other co-authors, and everyone's doing such interesting things, and I'm really enjoying uh, kind of being on this journey with everyone. Well, and I, you know, this community, because I'm in book five, so I've been around for a little bit, but certainly... You know, I go right back to the co-authors in book one and how exciting for them to be that original foundation. And they have said to me, wow, like we knew it was going to grow. We just didn't think it was going to be so exponential. And we are a very close-knit group, which I, I think you're feeling and experiencing. And so my question is to you, with your uh, integration of the change and, and your chapter, which we're going to get to in a minute, where do you see this adding value and expansion to what you're already currently doing in the United States? Well, you know, I really feel that we each have a purpose, and our purpose has an interconnectivity. So we really, as human beings on Earth, are supporting one another. We're a resource for one another. And so I feel that this expanded connectivity to people who are clearly like-minded and walking the walk and doing great things and, and really being able to um, initiate positive change in the world, which we so desperately need right now, I feel like that's really helping to raise um, the vibrational frequencies of the world and giving us all hope. So for me, it's really allowed me to have a more expanded platform so that it actually isn't just the United States or Canada, and I'm really beginning to reach beyond that. And to me, that's very exciting because uh, it is a small world after all, you know, and it's nice to really be physically connected uh, and to know people who are doing similar works 
because it really helps us all. It really contributes to the well-being of mankind. And to me, that's incredibly exciting. So it adds tremendous value. And I'm actually working on another project right now tied in with the change. I'm not sure it will come to fruition, so I don't really want to talk about it um, in detail. But just the fact that I'm so new to this community and I'm already so inspired by it that I'm considering uh, launching another component of it that will reach even more people. So it's, it's just really thrilling, and I feel privileged and honored to be a part of it. And I think most of the co-authors that I I have interviewed and, you know, I pride myself on the relationships that I have made and and I have some very dear friends now. And I joke every week on the show because Jim Lutz always tells me I'll I'll never rent another hotel room. And I, you know, joking aside, (laughs) I, I probably won't. So I wanted I wanted I wanna really dive into your chapter because there were many parts of your chapter that really resonated with me. But interestingly enough, I needed to tell you last week I was doing some research for my weekly blog that I put on my LinkedIn profile and it's always around work life balance. And I came across a really beautiful image of uh, a sky just at sunset and it had the words don't be impressed by money, degrees, titles, and followers. Be, be impressed by integrity, creativity, selflessness, and courage. So I, I published my blog, I believe, on Tuesday. And as I'm reading your chapter, there's a section in your chapter that says, as far back as I remember, I was a workaholic and an adrenaline junkie. And you perceived that you had all these desirable traits of successful people. But the part that made me laugh was when you said, in retrospect of my own past, there's a veritable study and change. I have a PhD in reinventing myself and a master's degree in fearlessness. And I thought in that moment, I thought, I've met somebody just like me because I want to ask you first before I tell you my little my little tidbit. Where did that come from, and why did you decide to integrate it into your your chapter? What was your emotional state? What was your mindset? You know, I think that in life, so many of the forward movements that we experience come out of adversity. And I think it's important to acknowledge what, where the motivation comes from at times. And for me, that was a huge part of what motivated me to write my book, Escape from Anxiety, what motivated me to talk about it in the change chapter, and what has really motivated me in helping other people to step out of that paralysis that happens when they get caught up in these cycles of behavior that are extremely unhealthy and in many cases detrimental and um, and can lead to, you know, chronic illnesses. And um, so it was very important for me to share some of those perspectives. And I have had a very checkered career because I'm 
very interested in a lot of different things, and I pursued a lot of different things as careers. I actually started out as a journalist in New York City, and I used to write for the New York Times and Newsweek International, and I got to write about things I was interested in writing about, and I got paid for it, which was so cool to me. But as I morphed into other businesses, um, you know, I still brought with me all of these fears and anxieties that were sending me into these cycles of great productivity and then dropping and crashing and burning. So I felt that a lot of people aren't taking the time to really step back and look at what they're experiencing. And I got to a place where I had accepted that that was my pattern. I was stuck. And I didn't realize that I could change it. And so the change to me is really important to really uh, amplify that concept that uh, no matter what, no matter what situation you're facing, no matter what you're going through, good or bad, you can change it. You can either enhance it or you can step out of it. And there's so many ways that you can do that. And so many of our co-authors have solutions that they that they share in our series. So it's uh, it's pretty amazing what is possible. And I I just I love everything you've just said, and it made me think of a quote. I'm always um, joking with Alan Witch out of Book Seven because him and I we love words and we challenge each other, and we're always you know sending each other quotes or posting quotes. And when I wrote my blog and then I read your chapter, it was really almost serendipitous because Alan posted a quote last night from Brendan Burchard that says, never believe you are above or below anyone. Keep a humble spirit. So again, just, just reading about your path and my path is, you know, my dad passed away when I was in the second year of university. And the last thing he said to me was, own your own business. And you need to work with people. So here I was at 21 thinking, okay, how am I going to do this? And you know what? You just, you find that inner grit. I love that psychology term. And Mm -hmm. I think it's funny because now I have two girls who are 18 and 20 and they call me the queen of getting back up. And nice. we joke about, we joke about it in our house, but I'm, you know, on a bigger level and a spiritual level and, and not just looking through the eyes as a female entrepreneur or a mom, I have to show my girls that just because it doesn't work the first time doesn't mean it's not going to work. There's always a, a lesson and I don't call them failures. I just call them experiments or I love the word fail. That acronym for me is first attempt in learning. And Absolutely. I, and I think you know, the value of self-love, self-respect, and just having that tenacity to keep going. You know, I talk about this in my blog this week, and it's so interesting because I just feel so much synergy with your chapter. And I look at the 100 plus top entrepreneurs and famous people who have no post-secondary education. And some people call it, you know, God-given skill, or they were born with it, or, you know, they acquired it through different sources. And I, I think Richard Branson is a great example. And, and I love his whole business premise is common sense and the old cliche of, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. And look where his company has gone. I think it is so important to respect our humanity. 
And that's the key. That's really the bottom line. I think there's so many, you know, there's an, a business paradigm that needs to shift where there are companies that are still, uh, you know, browbeating employees to work harder, longer hours. And, and, you know, I know your specialty is the work-life balance, which is so critical. And it's important that we begin to have that paradigm shift and really be able to move into more balance and be able to um, really celebrate our humanness and be what we are instead of being robots and automatons that just go through motions and have no feelings because we're so exhausted and so fractured and fragmented that we can't get anything done. And, and just to kind of comment on, you know, finding the inner grit, um, you know, that, that's really so important. And, and yet everybody knows that. But what they don't know is how to find that inner grit. And I think so many of us in the Change Book series have gone through experiences of how to find the inner grit that what we're about is really trying to prevent suffering in others and them sort of leg up to be able to release struggles and to be really able to be fulfilled and find their happiness. And too many people, you know, believe happiness is, when something happens in the future, and really happiness is an inside job, you know. It's it's really finding that contentment within. And, you know, it can be just pausing to see a sunset or appreciating a child's laughter or hugging someone or feeling love, and, and that's where you connect to your magical place. And it's, you know, tragic to me that so many people just go through these motions and think all these external things are going to, you know, bring them happiness and peace. And it it all starts within each of us. And that's really where we need to begin. And that's um, the tools that people can read about in our series and in, you know, My Escape from Anxiety so that they have solutions for finding the inner grit. Well, I I fully agree with you, and I I really love your website. Um, so last week when you you just talked about you know pausing for a sunset and just embracing the moment. So last week when we had no sound, and I'm and I'm chuckling at my desk thinking, okay, universe, what do you want me to do? I spent about forty minutes on your website. And I would love for you to let the listeners know uh, some of the free tools and things that you have on your website, because I, I, I myself want to download a few, but I know there's one specific one. And would you just share with the listeners about that? I would be happy to. And let me just preface it with one of the things that we have sort of bred out of our culture is this opportunity to kind of take a time out. We're so overloaded and overtasked and we're doing so many things simultaneously and we're pulled in so many different directions that how can we get connected to that inner happiness or that place of peace and calm and well-being? So one of the things that I've made available for free on my website, and actually I have a direct link to it, is called 3minutetodestress.com. And it's the numeral three, three minutes to de-stress. Dot com. And what that is is just an audio recording that you can listen to for three minutes that's kind of a guided meditation, but it, if you do it at least once a day, 
I assure you, you will have more energy to actually get more done. So taking time, it sounds counterintuitive. You know, you you take the time to just sort of be quiet and, and just do something that's not a task per se. And yet when you come back to doing your task, you actually are far more efficient and you have far more energy and you can actually think more clearly. So it's a very simple audio and people can download it onto their uh, smartphones or onto their computers and I really encourage people to use it often. I actually have clients who um, schedule it on their uh, smartphones uh, two or three times a day and they just take a three-minute break two or three times a day and they feel so much better. They, They don't get irritable. They don't get... Um, exhausted, they don't feel stressed, so it really helps keep them on the path. And the technique that I share there really comes from ancient yogic methodologies. I've been trained by a world-renowned yogi master, Amrit Desai, and many of these types of techniques that I've incorporated in my practice come from that training, and it's really transformational, and people just need to recognize that they need to take those breaks. Does that make sense to you? Oh, of course. I'm I'm sitting here smiling ear to ear. I when I'm doing work life balance coaching, I mean, what is the first thing you need to figure out? You can't even attempt to get balance until you know where the imbalance is. And the two biggest areas that really never have any time in their columns is self care and spiritual. And for me, I think that modality of, of what you're offering is tremendous and it could fall into any category. And it's amazing what six deep breaths and, and three minutes of silence can do for your body on a whole. So that's Absolutely. amazing. I, I, I'm, I'm going to download it. I haven't downloaded it yet, awesome. but I'm going to. Awesome. Actually, it was funny. Last night I did an online webinar on uh, basically telling people to trash their New Year's resolutions and how to set intentions and why that's more productive. But before I started the session, the content part, I had people just doing three deep breaths, just breathing in through their nose and letting go with a sigh. And what that does is it actually physiologically signals the body to relax. And when you're in a relaxed state, you actually are more able and more confident to take in information and to assimilate it better. You know, when we're in this high-activity, frenzied state, it's very hard to take in information and really act on it. So simple, you know, how hard is that to just take three deep breaths with a sigh, right? No, I agree with you. And and, and much like when I'm doing my coaching, I just, I think in the trying to get people to look ahead of the curve like let's be proactive and and get to you before you have the anxiety you have the depression but that certainly is not our reality is it no and you know one of the key things is to really um allow people to understand that they have choices you know and you can literally choose to be happy or you can choose to be miserable And then there are different techniques that you can choose to use in your life. There's different foods you can eat that are going to nurture and keep your body balanced and functioning optimally. And there are certain choices of foods that you can eliminate that really are harmful for your body, like sugar. You know, sugar is eight times more addictive than cocaine, 
some of the recent studies have come out with. So having sugar, you know, you get addicted and then it really doesn't serve your body and it's just giving you those terrible spikes of highs and then you crash and burn and hit the lows and it's not productive. So it's really about choices. And to understand the choices, you have to begin with awareness of what you are choosing. There are so many people, like I mentioned earlier, I feel like they go through life in this sort of robotic state, and especially women, we tend to be very um, sort of uh, 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 adaptable in terms of um, doing everything for everyone else, and we forget about doing things for us. You know, I actually wrote an article a few months ago on, on how being selfish can actually improve your relationships. And it's important to really start with you because, you know, you can't give to others what isn't flowing through you. So if you're stressed out and upset, you know, and you have children, your children are going to be stressed out and upset because that's what you're giving them. So if you want love and you want to have them feel love, you need to love yourself and then you need to be loving. And, you know, it's so obvious and yet, I think we're in a cultural malaise that doesn't cultivate this. You know, we, we don't learn this in school. We, we, we learn how to, you know, task. We learn how to get things done, which skills are important in learning, but this is part of learning, and this is part of learning how to really live a purposeful, fulfilling, intentional life. And, you know, just to add to that, it's it's going back to what we talked about in, in our experiences, and, and you just can't put a price on experience. And I, I see a lot of what I call generational core values in my clients, and it's exactly what you just said. They are that way because of their mother, their grandmother, their aunt, and that was their, their set model, if you will, growing up, and they didn't know how to interpret that and internalize it and and basically figure out what their own self-love, self-respect, what their own values were. So it's it's very interesting, and I, I agree with you. I think a lot of the work that our beautiful community is doing is so intertwined. I think we complement each other. It's almost like a a beautiful candy bar. I know we're just saying sugar's not good, but just a bright <laughs> big candy bar with all those different beautiful bins. I don't know the name of the store in the States. And, you know, it's like Smarties. That's kind of like the change. Like we all have this commonality, but we all have a different color and we all bring our life experience, our expertise, our education. And I just don't think you can put a price on that. Oh, no, I totally agree with you. And, you know, rather than a candy bar, I like to see it as a beautiful, colorful tapestry. And we each bring these different colors to make this tapestry dynamic and uh, multidimensional and um, visually and tactilely exciting. So I'd much rather have that image, if that's okay with you, Deb. (laughs) It it is, because I'm not a candy lover, and I just, all I could, the image in my mind was this store that I have visited in some of the big malls when I've been in different states. So tapestry is good. We we got we got the metaphor. So I think I think our listeners got it. There you go. But also I think you know society besides mom and dad and the values they instill society 
is cultivating certain attitudes and certain approaches to um, life in ways that really aren't productive. And a lot of clients I work with, they say, well, but everybody does it like that. Well, does that make it right? And it may not be right for you. And it's important that people recognize that they do have choices and it's important to find things that really resonate with them, with their values, with their core, with their inner spirit, with their soul, so that they can really realize all that they are, not that somebody else wants them to be, not some role they play, but really be authentic, really be who they are. And be able to have that sense of self-value and self-worth. I work with so many people who, you know, they have panic attacks and um, people who suffer, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder. And they're constantly going through this self-questioning all the time and it leads to these really crippling panic attacks. And so it's really about changing those neurological pathways in the brain, which takes some practice and repetition, but is very doable. So people need to understand, and, and I know our co-authors get this because they're doing it, but need to understand that change is a huge potential for each and every one of us, and the human spirit is really working towards that perpetual improvement. So we just need to feed it. And I, I love, you know, what Jim Britt and Jim Lutz have done in, in terms of feeding it. And their their vision is brilliant. And I feel so privileged to be able to talk to you about it and to be connected to you and to all the other co-authors that are part of this amazing experience. Well, and I just think that you just eloquently uh, summed up our interview, and I, I have enjoyed spending the last 30 minutes with you, and I hope that you'll uh, stay on and listen to our to our next guest, Dr. Carolyn Butler. She's in book five with me, and, you know, just keep on with your message because cause people need you, and uh, I'm happy to be aligned with you as a co-author in this book series, and Let's keep in touch, and I want to see you soar this year. And you as well, Deb. Thank you so much for doing the show and for doing all the work that you're doing, and thank you so much for honoring me to be able to be here with you today. So thank you, thank you, well, thank you. It was it was the pleasure was all mine, and you make the rest of your day as awesome as possible. How's that? You as well. And everyone all right, listening. Take care. take care, Peggy. All right. Bye, Deb. So just another amazing interview with Peggy Sealfin, and her last name is S-E-A-L-F-O-N, and her website is PeggySealfin.com. And I just, I love that she is a foremost expert on stress and anxiety. So I'm just going to introduce uh, our next guest, and then I'll bring her on the line. It's uh, one of my book five buddies, and I know you all know how much I love. I love all the co-authors, but I, I'm privy to my book five buddies. And Dr. Carolyn Butler is a friend and another one of the co-authors that I was blessed to meet uh, last April in California. And I just want to give you a little bit of background about Dr. Carolyn Butler, and then we'll say hello to her. So Dr. Butler is an independent leadership coach. She's a speaker, and she's also a trainer for the John Maxwell Group. As a John Maxwell certified coach, teacher, and speaker, she offers workshops, seminars, Q 
keynote speaking and coaching. And she loves to aid people through personal and professional growth. She has a new website that we're going to talk about, and we're going to talk about her chapter in the change, number five, which is entitled Breakdown to Breakthrough, Live Life Intentionally Courageous. So, Dr. B, are you on the line with me? Dr. B is here. Dr. B is in the house. Hello, my friend. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. It's awesome to be here in 2016. It is. for me. I was just joking with Peggy to say, you know, we were not meant to have our interview at the end of 2015. We were meant to start off the year with two more powerful women. So that's why I think uh, we rescheduled you a week later. Absolutely. I I looked at the end on her and I thought, oh, that was too much power for the end. You knew that for the beginning. There you go. Yes. So... I I would love for you to tell because I I already know the answer and and I know you quite well and we've become friends and I know everything going on with you but I I want you to share the greatness of what's going on in your life right now but let's start by because you and I are in book five and they're now on book eleven so yes, you I, and I, I are you like say that so that's awesome we're we're like newbies you know we were way back when so. <laughs> Tell the listeners what what excites you about the collaboration with Jim Britt and Jim Lutz because you got to meet them and just this whole experience. It, you know, I have uh, always been instilled in me to be a lifelong learner. Um, so even though there's this doctor in front of the name, that doesn't mean I've stopped learning. Uh, and I can only tell you that I don't even know if there's words to ex- you know express you know that the knowledge and the energy that, you know, Jim Britt and Jim Lutz bring to this collaboration. And I have learned really so much about myself and the things that they, you know, how they inspire you to just get going. And that kind of ties into my chapter of I've done a lot of great things um, here and there, but I just wasn't getting moved. And just being with this uh, community, getting started with the book, I had no idea that this chapter, and it, it, it's more than a chapter, it's a life, uh, it's a life fun, uh, spinning in a positive direction. But they give so many positive, um, you know, affirmations. They give positive, you know, marketing tools, the things that I needed to get started in my, in my life. And now I feel like I'm centered in moving forward with what I, where I'm going to go. Well, it's just, you know, I said yesterday on the show, Carolyn, so many people ask me every week, do you really talk to Jim and Jim? And I'm like, absolutely. And they're a phone call and an email away. Like, don't be shy. And that was extended to us from day one. Yes. And I feel comfortable calling with them. I don't call them, reach out and call them a lot. But when I call them, I'm, I'm really in need and I have a question. And it's, it's one thing to have someone where they're at and be able to talk to you. They talk with you and they help you grow. They don't talk down to you. And I just get goosebumps thinking about, he's, I mean, Jim Britt actually is the, was the, the coach of, you know, Tony Robbins. And um, I had an opportunity to listen to something from Jim uh, Ron, and I'm going, wow, the two of them together um, at one time in their lives. So to have these type of people in your lives and, to be, I was sharing with someone that 
for them to be where they're at and so humble that the, and willing to help other people get where they need to be or aspire to be. That's that's awesome. Can't beat it. I, I'm just sitting here smiling, girl. I'm I fully <laughs> agree with you. Yeah. Now I would love to talk about your website, thevisionnavigator.com. Uh, you did a beautiful job on it. So just walk the listeners through to your vision for 2016, and and tell us what you're up to and what you're doing, and and where the Vision Navigator came from. Um, the Vision Navigator. Uh, let's, let me start kind of start from the beginning of that. Um, in my work life, um, we talked about you know I you know, I have a passion for um, helping people awaken the leader within them. Um, the leadership isn't just for people in positions. Each one of us has been born with this ability to lead within our lives. It's just that we've never connected with that. Um, we all have a purpose in life. So when I started um, in my training career, um, it was always helping people get a visual or a vision of where they wanted to be at. And from that vision, they can work themselves through how they could do um, accomplish things and not so much about how someone else is doing it. And um, I taught uh, organizational leadership at the university level, and my target was those people coming from all industries, um, uh, within um, our area, my target for them was always develop the leader within you. The common thing that was uh, common on me with all the classes was this one thing. They had no vision. And with no vision, it's hard to move or drive anyone anywhere uh, because you have to, you know, have some way of seeing what it is that you're going to accomplish. So I started having them do their own vision statements and mission statements, and it connected with me. I mean, because at the end of the class, which was only five weeks, they would they would just come alive and you would see them with these dreams, and it's like something ignited in them. And I was sitting there, and I said, well, and someone said, hey, thanks, Doc, you are a navigator of dreams. And I'm going, wow, navigator of dreams, vision navigator. So that's how it, you know, began to get started. And as I began to build my coaching business, uh, working with people um, with leadership, empowerment, and disempowerment, personal empowerment, that's how we can. I always start with a vision. What is vision or what is the dream? Or, and, you know, try to help them with that. And Vision Navigator was, is that point within, um, you know, uh, and I said it's a ministry for me because that's where my biggest background is spiritual. Um, God had a vision for how he wanted things on the earth. Thus, we are made in God's image, so we have to have an image, you know, vision of where we want to be and what we want to do. And God, when he said he wanted something to happen, he spoke it into existence, but he spoke it into existence with this vision of how it should be. And that's the approach that I, I want for people, especially in the Christian community, because we lose sight of that. Um, Christian law can be very, very um, emotionally driven as opposed to vision-driven, because even as Christians, we still need to have a vision for our life, and which includes being spiritual, not just, uh, you know, things that we want, you know, and I always say currently, but things that we think we want. It has to be a spiritual walk and a spiritual vision. So Vision Navigator, when I started that, it was really to help people dream, 
because society has it where um, they, and I always say we are a product of other, other people's um, um, expectation of us. So we never, we are born into this world and our parents have this vision of what they want us to be and then we never sometimes latch on to what we need to be from within. And that's where Vision Navigator um, started was helping people just um, just dream. Don't worry about, you know, things that you need to have. Dream. Let's get it out there first. And then we work with through coaching steps of how to put these things together and move in that direction. And that's what um, we're doing. This, in 2016, we do have some plans of partnering with a company uh, called Points of View, and it ties in a lot to my coaching methods of giving people visuals and searching within. And so we will be offering uh, training certification classes um, and as well as um, offering workshops on how to use our, our training tools to help for coaches to help uh, people to really dig within themselves as opposed to just trying to you know guide things on their own, which was really one of my problems. Um, just you know, thinking and not really having a clear direction of where I needed to go. You you are one of those people that that speak, and I I could literally sit and listen to you all day. I I just Thank you. some of the some of the stuff that you say gives me goosebumps, and I you know one of the Sandy Mitchell and a couple other authors that I've interviewed, um, you know, hair on the back of your neck stand up and. I, I want to dive into your chapter because I I want to read one of the paragraphs that really resonated with me. And I went back and reread your chapter because when we got our books last summer, I read all of book five. But I wanted to yeah, go back because I've, I've uh, read so many chapters uh, since then, meeting so many authors. So here's the one paragraph that I want to share with the listeners. And then I would love for you to just you know, tell us where you wrote from when you wrote the chapter and specifically this paragraph. And then I really would like to have some insight to how you named your chapter. So here's the paragraph that I'd like to read. Are you one of those people who has put your life on hold to accommodate other people, whether it is spouse, children, or friends? What happens when you find yourself alone? What happens when things that kept you occupied are no longer there? I believe everyone has a dream, but those dreams for many of us go left unfilled. We settle back into life and take what we believe it has to offer. I was taught if you have a roof over your head, a job, and a reasonable portion of health and strength, then I should be content. We are afraid to question people of authority. We are afraid to question our parents. We are afraid to question God or at least what we are taught about God in our life. In order to get back to some degree of normalcy, we assumptions and start to see reality. Start living intentionally. Are you ready for your breakthrough? That leads us to the question, what does breakthrough look like for you? Living life intentionally is when you live your life congruently with your personalities, skills, desires, regardless of how the majority around you are living. That is so powerful, Carolyn, and I'd love for you to talk about that and then bring us into the mindset of the chapter title itself. Well, you know, 
Right, it says that we always are byproducts of other people's um, dreams. Like, you know, we are born to our parents, and our parents have these visions of us. And so we start out with our lives with these commands. And I started, that for me was a place was how did I get there? Because at one point in my life, um, at this point when this chapter was really being birthed, I lost my mom. Um, I was going through a divorce. Um, my children um, were, you know, of course, gone away and living their own life. Um, and then it caused me to reflect on, you know, the losses that I've had before. Um, I had a, uh, you know, I had still, I had twins that died, uh, were stillborn birth. And, and it began to, you know, look at things as, you know, I just was in the cycle of life that this is going on with me. And so I became, you know, I start looking at it and I'm going, okay, so I I was my mother's child and I did everything my mother told me to do and I did it exactly the way I was told to do. I went outside and went to school. I did everything that school told me to do and um, I was able to graduate a year early with these, you know, high grades and, and then I went to church and I did everything that someone else told me to do, um, you know, following, gotten all the I's, crossing all the T's. Um, I got married and I was doing what he was doing. I got, had children, and I was doing what everybody else told me to do with the children. And then when I looked around, and it was just like, when these things are gone. Um, even school had an ending. Um, getting a doctorate, I mean, do I go back to school and get another one? Um, and why did you even have it in the first place? So it was this moment where I was by myself, alone, broke, um, and I'm looking at, is this really the life that you had for me, God? And this was my prayer to God. I pray to God that I want you to see me the way you see me in life. And this is 100% what happened. I went to the mirror, I looked in that mirror, and I said, I want to see myself uh, the way that you see me. Um, because also uh, part of what I was dealing with this reflection was I was sexually abused as a child um, by my stepfather. So I was carrying a lot of things about how I feel myself. So I never really looked in the mirror. People don't believe I said, no, I never looked in the mirror. I, you know, fix my hair, and I would never look eye contact. But that day that I prayed, I said, God, show me what I look like. Show me how you see me. And this, it was just like this illumination of who I was, and I saw myself this beautiful person. And I began to feel differently within my soul, and I just, you know, it was God speaking to me and saying, you have so much to offer people. I keep hearing people say, you got all this talent, you got the skills, you got this knowledge, but I never connected with any of that um, until I, you know, stopped and started reflecting on who I was as a person. Um, why did I like this color? Why did I, I mean, very basic things. And I was so into this lifestyle of habits and routines that I didn't know who Carolyn was. I really didn't. Um, and I remember doing a challenge to t- take me on my comfort zone. I actually went and I said, what is one thing you always wanted to do? And I always wanted to learn how to ride a motorcycle. And so I went to... Um, I went and got my own sacrifice, and these people, and, and then again, people I talked about, you know, these boundaries began to be very visible. Because people just step in, and, oh, that's not you. And that, I said, you don't know who I am because I don't even know. But, you know, getting that license and taking off and doing something different 
and doing something that I wanted to do that no one got a chance to say, you do this or you do that, that was so much freedom for me that I was ready for the next step, and I began to look for that in, ter- in terms of that. So, you know, you asked about how the, the chapter name comes through, and I felt like, you know, it was a breakdown. I mean, I was just at a point where I didn't have nothing else to give. I was out of gas, literally. Um, I had accomplished so much but was doing so little, and I wanted more for my life. Um, going through a divorce, I had I went from a, a this big, humongous, three uh, four thousand square feet home to now this home that has like nine hundred square feet, and I just wanted so much more than that um, in my life. And so intensely courageous, I was sitting at work one day and miserable, by the way. And I was saying, you know, i gotta have, I got to have a basic breakthrough. This is not working for me. And it's just something I was reading over some, some um, I read a lot of self-help books, and I began to say to myself, you know, if you're going to do this, Carolyn, you're going to have to forget everything people are telling you and live your life the way that you want and, and very intentional. And I thought about the fear that I had because, you, you know, I mean, when I started doing this, I felt fear. And I said, but you've got to have the courage. And I looked at the word courage, and it was just, it connected with me. It means to be authentic, to be who you are. And I said, isn't that what I've been teaching people in my leadership class, to be authentic, to be who you are? And here I was not doing that. And that's what, you know, so I said, you know, instead of allowing and accepting what people were saying to me, I said, you know, it's time for me to deliberately live my life the way that I um, have been designed or created to live it and to help others to connect with that as well instead of always accepting what other people are handing out to us. And that's going to be very challenging and very scary. So I know the courage that it takes to live your life differently because it's not going to look like anything else that anybody has given you. Well, I, I'm i just so appreciative, and I'm, I'm just sitting here taken back with your candor and your truth and just sharing of your story. And I remember sitting in, in California with you on the Sunday for the training, and Jim Britt made it very clear, fear is not real. And you know, the, there's so many acronyms out there about fear. And I think my mm-hmm. favorite one is false evidence appearing real. And every time yes. I see the word fear, I think of Jim Britt telling, telling us that. And it just, it really resonates with me. But I do think that you need to connect with co-author David Norris because he is a suit and tie man, but you know what? There is nothing he loves more than donning his Harley Davidson shirt and getting on his bike. <laughs> yeah. And you've got a commonality with him there. And I'm I'm going to introduce you if you have not connected. And he'll yes, be on the radio have. show. Have you met David? I have connected with him on at least at some level because I think there was a picture of him. Um, on a motorcycle at some point. I'm, I'm almost sure that was him, but I'll have to go back and check. And, but that and is you my have dream that, too, by the way. 
Yeah, well, you'll make it happen, girl. I There's no <laughs> doubt in my mind. So have you, that where, where there's a will, there's a way. Now, are you relocating this year? I am relocating, and I thought about that this morning, uh, Deb, and here's what, you know, you know, I said I'm very, very, I'm in this moment now, retired from the other person's, other people's life and into my own. And I, I am relocating, and here's what, you know, was revealed to me. I'm going to be working a lot in the southern region, region with uh, Vision Navigator and my business. Um, and where that takes me, I'm allowing this moment, because I've never had a chance to do it, is just allow myself to be led and, you know, that energy, because there's a strong energy. And I already know what my vision is, and I feel very, very strong in terms of um, being successful with everything that I'm touching this year. 2016 is, is going to be a phenomenal year for me. Um, and I've other co-authors, so I'm listening to everyone, and everyone's message is connecting, and I just, this energy that we're creating is going to be awesome. I can feel it. But yes, I am relocating. Um, um, I should be. Um, I'm getting. I'm finishing up some stuff. I got. I still got off my home in Illinois, but I do a lot of my work right now from, um, you know, south. get in touch with you through your new website, which is the visionnavigator.com. And I do have that posted on the Blog Talk Radio episode info. Is there anything specifically that you want to bring up or talk about um, that you're doing maybe with other co-authors or that you're looking to maybe create or start at some point in 2016? Well, a, a couple of things that um, I've got, this reason um, I think someone had at, offered to ask me about doing something else, I've kind of got my 2016 plate full. Uh, one um, project that's coming up really soon um, here is collaborating with Kay Sanders on a online training um, that we're, we're going to be doing. And mine is um, it's really the start of the uh, God-centered coaching um, that I am um, working to, to develop, um, but I have worked to develop some stages, my own coaching model, and um, we're looking to launch that in March, and so I'm, you know, preparing my outline and got the outline pretty much ready for all that, and um, what God's in the coaching is about exactly what we talked about. Um, we start with God, and when we go through life so much, um, we get off balance. And you know you're you know you talk about balance yourself. Well, we get off balance because of the many things that we talked about earlier. People always telling us what to do. We go this way, we go that way, and then we never get a chance to really connect with who we are. And who we are um, begins with that. One of the things about God's kind of coaching that I um, am looking forward to doing is to help people, help others, and not. So much because when you get in the Christian community, and I, I talk a little bit about that, uh, I don't know that that I'll be welcome there or not. But because it's not, you know, I want to see people be empowered who God wants them to be, and so that may not be necessarily following and doing exactly what you know your head minister or someone says. And I'm not, you know, denouncing religion or anything, but I'm trying to help people be who they are. And we come, I, at least I did, and I know from my background, um, even my training has been so about 
following a leader uh, when the leader begins in me. And I want coaches that follow this program to actually, you know, and it is, it's going to be scriptural based. So you do have to prepare yourself to dive into the scriptures for the person that may be uh, your uh, client. Uh, we have four stages within that coaching model. Um, it starts with an awakening uh, stage, which really when people are going into their, uh, they're in these vulnerable states of uh, I want to do something different with my life, they may not be sure of what that something different is. And the awakening stage is, and especially from a coach standpoint, is where we just listen to uh, them and try to, you know, help them uh, hear themselves. And so there's things that they would take into uh, consideration of how to move them in that direction. And then the next phase, I mean, what, but the coach listens for this phase. It's not that step one and step two. You're listening at the coach to see if they're ready for an assessment of where they are now, where they want to be. And, but, you know, you, in that stage, you're, you're actually, you know, developing your vision, your, the things that you want to happen, and seeing how far you're off, you know, and making those comparisons. And then, you know, actually once, you know, um, the coach listens to their client and they, they're able to hear what it, I mean, they're listening for an alignment. Help them to align. So this is where the coach may get in and their 50-50 partnership where you're helping them to align what it is that they define in the assessment area and then moving that into uh, trying to move that into an, a workable plan for them. And from the alignment uh, phase, um, you actually, there's that period of adapting to what these change. Because when any do any change, there has to be an adapting period to see if it fits. And coaches in my program will be able to, or being trained to just listen for that and allowing them to have permission that if it doesn't fit, um, that's another awakening. So we may go back to the awakening stage and you know, start out. So life is about a continuous cycle, and that's the way this coaching model is. It's not about going through steps. It's more or less you're, you're going to station. You may re- redefine some things. It's a self-discovery moment and building from your self-discovery. So I'm looking forward to getting that coaching model um, out on the Leaders of Mastery website so that we can offer that to uh, Christian coaches because there is a big gap in there that um, that there there are some coaching uh, models out there, but this one is really God-centered and scriptural-based. Well, that sounds amazing. So we've got very little time left, so I'm going to thank you, my friend. It was wonderful to spend the last 30 minutes with you. And I, I look forward to what you're going to do this year, and let's keep in touch. I sure, and thank you so much. I appreciate it. I love hearing the – I mean, this radio show is so inspiring for me. I look forward to it, and I love having the time to be able just to listen. And, you know, I love you, and – Looking forward to doing, you know, working with you. It's probably that you've got going on too. So um, absolutely. We can, well, so we're going to you, you that, have a, so. you have you make today amazing, and we'll talk soon. Okay. Talk you take you care. Bye bye. Great day. Bye. I just, you know, another hour for me of two amazing co-authors in the change. So. Join me next week when we'll be back on Wednesday, January the 13th. And next week, I've got two more amazing authors. We've got Andrea Isaac and Jeannie Sisko-Math 
So make today as awesome as possible. And thanks for tuning in. And I hope that 2016 has started amazing for you. This is Deb Crow, your work-life balance specialist. Bye for now.